Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live to my, my audience on Instagram and on Facebook Live. Welcome back to another week of Imperfectly Perfect Live. We have been on our, our I Am series and God has just been moving mightily. Just a fresh revelation that he has been downloading to my spirit to share with you guys on a weekly basis. And I'm excited to continue that series tonight with a topic of I am enough. I am enough. This series has brought forth um, different affirmations that God has placed in my heart that is important for us as women and men of God to have so that we can fulfill our God-given purpose. How are we going to be able to do um, God's will if we are not confident in who we are in him? So that's what this series is about. I'm going to do a quick review. Um, and I'll say quick, quick review of what we talked about last week, and then we will get right into tonight's topic for this, um, for this podcast. So let's say a word of prayer and we invite into, as we invite the Holy Spirit to move and to have his way. So dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for your presence. First and foremost, God, we thank you for God allowing us to God to be before you, God, to be able to hear from you, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that whatever it is you desire to say, that you would say it through me, God. I'm your mouthpiece, Holy Spirit. I count it a privilege and an honor that you chose to use me for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, I ask that, Father God, that whatever it is that your children need, God, may they receive it tonight, whether it be healing, deliverance, breakthrough, salvation, rededication, whatever it is, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can meet every need. God, I thank you, Father, that somebody's life with God will never be the same again. And Holy Spirit, God, and most importantly, may you get all the glory, honor, and praise. God, let there not be any distractions, any hindering spirits. God, I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And Father God, your perfect will shall be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. We are in our series. Good morning. I mean, not good morning. Good evening. <laughs> good evening, Mommy. Uh, we are in our I Am series. And for those of you that have just um, tuned into the series. We started this about, I want to say almost two months ago, almost two months ago. Um, and actually no, a month ago, it feels like it's been longer, but uh, it's been about a month and God places on my heart to start for us to get more confident in who we are. More confident. Thank you, mommy. Get more confident in who we are and more confident who we are in, in Christ. Because a lot of times what's happening is that we want, we have a desire to feel, fulfill God's will, but we don't even know who God is. And, and God want, wanted to me shed light on who he is first and foremost so that we can have confidence and um, under, have an understanding of who we are in him. So we started off this series with I am. And we were explaining, um, I was explaining who God is as I am. And as we've been going throughout this series, now that we have an understanding of who God is as I am, when we declare and decree out of our mouths, every time we say, I am this, I am that, we understand that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when we speak that thing, we're speaking that thing into existence. We're saying who we are in our present tense. So we have to understand who God is as I am first, so that anytime we speak forth affirmations, that we are speaking who God says we are and not who the enemy says we are and who the who we agree that the world is saying that we are. So that's important. So just to give you 
just a little bit of background that I, I means used by a speaker to refer to himself or herself. And then am is first person singular present indicative of be, meaning that whatever I say I, I am, I'm talking about my present self. I'm not talking about my past. I'm not talking about my future. Whatever I am is, is who I believe that I am right now in this moment. So it's important, again, that we are careful what we say out of our mouths because whatever we say is what we actually are believing. Because what we need to understand is that even when it comes to salvation, what we also learned throughout the series is that salvation, in order for you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth. So whatever you're confessing out of your mouth it's a reflection of what you believe in your heart. It's a reflection of what you believe in your heart. So you have to be careful what you say out of your mouth. Last week, we continued and concluded the portion of I am healed. We did a part three and I didn't expect it to be in three parts, but it was just so much revelation, so much information that God had gave, gave me. So we had to break it down. Um, otherwise you guys would have been on here for four or five hours and neither one of us want to be doing it. So I had to break it down, um, in three parts. Um, so we concluded last week with the types, with the types of healing, which are spiritual healing, which is healing of the spirit, mental healing, healing of the mind, emotional healing, healing of the heart, physical healing, which is healing of the body and holistic healing, which is healing, which is, um, Healing of the mind, body, spirit, and heart. That's what holistic healing is. So we concluded that last week and it's so much to share. So I encourage you that if you missed um, this particular part of the series, that please go back, watch last week's podcast on I Am Healed. Also, it is available on our podcast channels um, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. So please, whether you want to listen to it or watch it, it's available to you. So I don't want you to feel like you missed out. It's available to watch back, even if even if you want to watch it after this particular podcast. But tonight, tonight I've been looking forward to doing um, this particular topic because I love empowering people. I love encouraging others that in spite of what this platform is all about, that in spite of our imperfections, in spite of our imperfections, that God will still use us. Why? Because we are imperfectly perfect people. We are perfected through Christ. Will we be perfect? No, we won't. Why? Because we are fleshly beings. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we open ourselves to being perfected through Christ. That's what it's all about. So tonight we are talking about the topic of I am enough. I am enough. And if you are at home, if you're watching, I want you to say this right now. Even type it in the chat. I am enough. I am enough. And listen, we're going to be saying this affirmation throughout this podcast tonight because you need, again, the more you say it, the more you begin to believe. You keep professing it, keep um, affirming yourself that I am enough. So let's break down what enough means. 
Enough is in a quantity or degree that answers a purpose or satisfies a need or desire sufficiently. In a quantity or degree that answers a purpose. I love that particular part of this definition. It says it answers that answers a purpose or satisfies a need or desire. Oof, the Holy Spirit is saying, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, hold your composure, trainees. Desire or sufficiently. So as we go throughout this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you some examples of people who felt like they weren't enough. And remember this definition because when God says that we are enough, he says that we fit the degree, we fit the position to be able to answer a purpose, to be able to satisfy a need or desire. So moments where we feel like we're not enough, God is basically telling us that, no, I have created you for such a time as this. I have created you for this purpose. I have created you to fulfill a need. I, God has created us to fulfill a particular purpose. We all have a God-given purpose. And sometimes, hi, Tanil. Yes, I am enough. I know that's right. Say it. Hi, Laura. We have a God-given purpose. And sometimes the enemy can talk into our ear. And make us feel like we're not adequate enough, make us feel like we're not qualified enough, make us feel like um, even, thank you, Holy Spirit, even making us feel like what's the use of doing anything that we are not important? Why? Because maybe it seems like our purpose is too small or our purpose is, um, is looked down upon based on the world's views. But as we go throughout tonight's podcast, we're going to understand and get an understanding that it doesn't matter what your purpose is. It doesn't matter what the world thinks about your purpose. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that you are answering a purpose. The fact of the matter is, is that you're satisfying a need. Whether it's one person's need, it does not matter because what you don't understand is, and this is, thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me this example, thinking about teachers. And when I started working um, at Cornerstone Christian Academy, I got a better appreciation for teachers. And because just thinking about you have your big, your big famous people or your basketball players, your athletes, your football players, baseball players, and these athletes get paid millions and sometimes billions of dollars a season. And if you think about it, a teacher probably doesn't even really get paid 10% of 10% of the, an athlete, a, a professional athlete salary. But a teacher, if it wasn't for a teacher, they would not be able to be in a position to receive that salary, to be able to be in a position and to, and some people are like, oh, well, I'm going to be a basketball player. I don't need um, education. You do, because what about your contract? 
How are you going to be able to read your contract? You have to get an education to know how to read. You have to get an education to know math, to understand what it what that contract is saying so that you don't get um, pushed over. You have to be able to have the coaches. You have to be, have the business mindset. Athletes need to have a business mindset. Athletes also need to be wise because you can be injured. And what if you don't make it to a long run and you get injured and now you have to rethink your career? So that education that you was looking down upon, now you need it because now you have to take a different route in your career path. So just thinking about that, that we all have a purpose. We all are going to satisfy a need. And that, think about LeBron James, his teacher. They had, even though it may have seemed like their, their purpose was little, but for them to say that I was LeBron James' teacher, that I was responsible, even though he might have might have had other teachers and other coaches, but to say, to be one of the numbers, say I was uh, a part of seeing this uh, great athlete be successful. So don't belittle your purpose. Don't belittle the purpose that God has given you to fulfill on this earth. Say it again. I am enough. I am enough. I'm going to go to my notes here. One moment, y'all. So the feeling, when you're feeling like you are not enough, it means that you have an insecurity. It means that you have an insecurity. And what does insecurity mean? Lack of confidence or assurance. Or in simpler terms, self-doubt. You don't have confidence in yourself. You doubt what you are capable capable of doing. You doubt what you can actually um, complete or actually be successful in. You have an insecurity. And insecurities, even in my research and trying to figure out what is the root cause of insecurities. Insecurities, they don't have a one cause or root of it. It can come from multiple things. It can come from your past. It can come from being bullied. It can come from just your experiences in life. It can come from you just maybe you're, you can't speak or you can't hear or maybe um, in, in your neighborhood, maybe you don't look like everybody else. So now you have an insecurity about yourself that was formed based on your life experience. And it caused you to thinking that you're not enough. So let's get into some people in the Bible who didn't feel like they were enough. Because sometimes, and I feel like really all the time that we need to feel like we're not in it by ourselves. We need to feel like, okay, somebody else has felt this way. And what better way to explain this by going to the word of God and showing you that this is not anything new under the sun, that there are people in the word of God. And it, it proves that God covers everything, everything we need, every answer that we need is in the word of God. It's in there. So, again, we're talking about people in the Bible 
who didn't feel like they were enough. Number one, this is like probably my favorite example out of all of them, but Moses. Moses, a powerful man like Moses, who was used by God to free the Israelites from the slavery from the Egyptians. He felt like he was not enough. He felt like he was not going back to that definition of enough. He felt like he could not fulfill a need. He felt like he could not fulfill And God had to constantly remind Moses of why he picked him, of why he is enough. Moses was afraid to lead God's people out of Egypt. So bear with me. I know it's a lot of scriptures. However, to be able to paint the picture and for you to actually understand what is happening in during this time, it's necessary. So let's go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 14. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And then I'm going to go to chapter 4, verse 1 through 17. If the Holy Spirit leads, then I'll paraphrase some things. But as for now, we'll read through those scriptures. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 14, the title says, Moses in the burning bush. Now it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face. Because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up, up, out of the land, excuse me, out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And listen to what Moses says. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Mo 13 says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Verse 14 says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So pause right here. As you can see, Moses was 
just like minding his business. Minding his business. He was, and if you know a little bit about Moses' story that he escaped from Egypt, he was actually, um, he was actually rescued um, from death at a young age when the, the Pharaoh at the time was killing all of the baby boys because he was jealous of them. And his mother, his natural mother, who was a Hebrew, she put him in um, in the river, in a basket in the river, and he was rescued. And then Pharaoh's, I believe it's Pharaoh's sister, um, picked up the child. And then maybe he became a part of their family. So then he became royalty. Pharaoh's sister took him on as her own. She knew he was a Hebrew. But then later on, when Moses started discovering, discovered who he really was, that he was not a prince of Egypt, but he was initially a Hebrew boy. And the Hebrews, the Israelites, were slaves. So when he recognized that, wait, I'm not a prince of Egypt. I'm actually one of the slaves. Lord, in hospital, take me today, test. All right, Lord, definitely. We're praying for your healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But right now, Moses thinking, wow, I'm actually one of the slaves. So he escaped. He actually murdered one of the, um, he murdered one of the uh, Egyptians trying to help out one of the slaves. He murdered them and then he escaped. So Moses literally escaped and he was living a whole different life, got married and everything. And then God comes to him and says, I've chosen you to free my people. I've chosen you to free my people. And I'm going to take a pause because I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to pray for Laura in this moment. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, God, that as I stretch my hand, God, to the screen, the Holy Spirit, God, that you would be with God, your daughter, Laura, right now in the name of Jesus. That God, that you would hear her cry, God, hear her, um, her cry out to you, Father God, that you would give her a good report. That Father God, that she does not believe the report of man, but she re- believes the report of the Lord. Holy Spirit, God, I intercede for her right now in the name of Jesus, that as we gather together, God, even those that are watching right now, that as we pray together, when two or three are gathered together in your name, God, therefore you shall be in the midst. The Holy Spirit, God, we declare and decree, God, that she shall be healed, God, by your stripes, God. By your stripes, Jesus, she is already healed. So we thank you, God, for the report of the Lord and Father God. We thank you, God, for her testimony in the name of Jesus, that the report will come back positive in the name of Jesus, that whatever it is she needs in this hour, God, in her body, Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, you touch her, that Father God, strengthen her, God, rejuvenate her, God, replenish, God, the strength, God, in her body in the name of Jesus, to be able to, God, to function, God, as she um, as she should normally in the name of Jesus. So, God, we thank you, God, that it's already done. In Jesus' awesome name, pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I just I just couldn't move forward because I I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me to do that. But let's continue. So we're talking about Moses here. Moses was afraid to lead God's people out of Egypt. 
He was afraid to go back. Moses fled. He knew he was a murderer. And he knew that if he went back and they recognized who he was, he had a possibility of going to jail. He did. Him actually, he it was so many things that Moses was running away from. He was running away from his identity. He was confused about who he really was. He grew up as a prince of Egypt. And then next thing you know, he realized that he actually was an Israelite, a part of the Hebrew um, lineage. So he was afraid. He's like, who am I? I don't even know who I am. I'm just getting an understanding of who I am. And now you're choosing me? So Moses is starting to use all of the excuses in the world. As we see, as we move on to Exodus chapter four, verse one through 17 in the NIV version, um, the title says signs for Moses. Verse one says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? There goes one, one excuse. He's saying, what if they, what if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? Verse two says, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Oof, my God. A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on, pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant. <laughs> Sorry, the way he's just talking. Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Pause here. God is explaining to this man, this prophet of God, what he's going to do. He gave him the example. He said, if they don't believe the first or the second, I'm even giving you a third sign of what I'm going to do to prove to them, to prove to them that I am God. I am, I am. And then you come to me talking about your speech. This is who, this is what we do, y'all. This is what we do, me, me included. God can come to you or me and say, I'm giving you this. God setting everything in place to make sure that we have everything we need to fulfill our purpose, to fulfill the assignment he's given us. And then we come up with another excuse. After he already said, I got you covered. I have everything. God already thought about it. God already planned it out. It was already thought about before we even thought of, or 
were even formed into our mother's womb, but yet we're coming up with excuses as if God is not who he is, as if God is not the creator of everything, and the fact that he has thought about the whole process. He doesn't need our excuses. What he needs is our yes. Yes, Lord, to your will, and yes, Lord, to your way. So let's listen to whatever to um, everything else that Moses has to say. Again, in verse 10, it says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, ne neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human being? Oh, God, he's so dope. <laughs> God said, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and it will teach you what to say. God was like, you coming to me with this foolishness. Who gave humans mouths? Who was gave you the ability to speak? Do you not believe that I would be able to help you be able to speak? Verse 13 says, here come Moses again. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. He's begging God to send somebody else. Verse 14, and God gets upset. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. Oh, my God. But take this staff in your hands so you can perform the signs with it. You see how God, he was upset with Moses because Moses still had another excuse. God, please send somebody else. You say, you know what? I'll do you one better. I'm going to use your, your brother also. I'm still going to, God is saying, listen, I'm still going to speak to you directly, but everything that I'm telling you, I need you to tell Aaron and he'll be your messenger. So it will be as if that part just got me. It will be as if you are God speaking as if you are God to him. That's powerful. So God is like, no, I'm not letting you go. Even though you're coming up with excuses, I'm still going to give you grace. And I'm still, God has so many plans. He had plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And then coming up with plan E, he said, I, I have it all covered. Because he already knew what his son was going to say. He already knew what Moses was going to come up with to try to get out of being used. He's like, no, I'm still going to affirm you. Even though I'm upset and even though you upset me about which all these excuses you got. But I still choose you. I still choose you, Moses. Why? Because you are enough. Moses is enough. Say it with me. I am enough. I am enough. We're going to keep saying it again throughout this podcast. I am enough. So that's one example. We're talking about people in the Bible who didn't feel like they were enough. Number two. Jeremiah, who was another prophet of God, 
Jeremiah felt like he was too young to be a prophet. Jeremiah, I believe, was eight years old, if I'm wrong. Holy Spirit, correct me. Jeremiah was eight years old when he was called by God to be a prophet, to be a mouthpiece. That's what a prophet is, a mouthpiece of God. And during that time, prophets were um, known to be older in age. So the fact that Jeremiah is eight years old and to be amongst prophets that are at least 50 to 60 years old, maybe even older, and God is choosing to use him, a child, he's still growing up. In his mind, he's like, how can I, how can I be used to be God's mouthpiece? I'm not mature. I still have learning to do myself. Who am I to, to speak to these people, to say what God is saying, to, um, to share with them what God is saying for them to do? Whatever God leads for me to say, who am I? At eight, can you imagine an eight-year-old child coming to you and saying, thus says the Lord, or God said this, and you're looking at them like, who are you? That's if you are spiritually immature. Because the word talks about um, God using, in the last days, God using the youth. It doesn't matter. God is not, God is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it right now. But God is going to use anybody that he chooses. Why? As long as you are available and open and willing to be used by, for him, he will use you. So Jeremiah again thought that he was too young to be a prophet. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 19 in the NIV version. And it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. Here go another one talking about they don't know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth, Ooh, Jesus, and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. For I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting toward us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. 
Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness and forsaking me and burning incense, <coughs> excuse me, and burning incense to other gods and in worshiping what their hands have made. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will never overcome you for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So Jeremiah, being young of age, God calls him a prophet of God to speak to nations, to speak to nations so that he can be used by God to warn them of what's going to come because of their disobedience to God, because of them dishonoring God. God used Jeremiah to forewarn them of what was going to take place. And God encouraged Jeremiah. He ain't let him, he let him know, I want you to fight against them. And guess what? He let him know that they will not defeat you for I am with you and will rescue you. God let him know that he reassured him that I'm with you. That is nothing to be afraid of. This is what God wants us to know that when he has whatever he's called you to do, whatever purpose, whatever assignment he's called you to fulfill, that God is with you. God will never give you an assignment. God will never tell you to do something if he will not be with you every step of the way. Whatever you need is in him. If he's telling you to speak, speak. If he's telling you to move, move. If he's telling you to walk, walk. If he's whatever God's telling you, if he's telling you to pray, pray. Whatever God is telling you to do in the season, do it. Trust them. Have faith and believe that he is with you and he has everything you need to do his purpose, to do his purpose. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Two more examples. Number three. Talking about people in the Bible who didn't feel like they were enough. Number three, a centurion, which is a Roman soldier. He felt like he was unworthy to ask Jesus to heal his slave. Because Roman soldiers, they were against the Jews during this time. They were the ones that was responsible for locking them up. But not this Roman soldier. This Roman soldier was known for even helping them build, the Jews build a synagogue. So he was different than the other Roman soldiers. He actually uh, showed, fa showed favor to the Jews. And he was close to some of them. His, and he was very generous to his, his slaves and those who worked for him. So let's go to John chapter 7, verse 1 through 10. But even in the NIV version, but even then, he still felt like he was unworthy because he was not a Jew. And he was of the nation that was actually against the Jews. So John chapter 7, verse 1 through 10 in the NIV version, the title says, Jesus goes to the festival of tabernacles. After this, it says, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. 
But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure. Is this the right one? I do not believe. One moment, guys. That's not it. One moment, one moment. One moment, one moment. Yeah, that's not it. One moment while I find it. Ah, I know what I did. <laughs> it's actually Luke, Luke chapter seven. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you guys for being patient. Luke chapter seven. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter seven, verse one through 10. It says the faith of the centurion. There we go. When Jesus had finished saying to saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he has and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was far. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. My God, how powerful is that? How powerful is that? That even, even in this, the centurion did not feel like he was worthy. And he's like, no, Jesus don't come to my house, but he still sent messengers. And he believed enough that he said, you know what? God, Jesus, I need you. I need you to just speak it. And he had such faith enough that he believed that if Jesus just spoke it saying, you are healed, then he knew that his slave will be healed. He knew that his slave will be healed. That even if Jesus couldn't come physically in his home, that if he spoke it right from where he was, that healing would take place for his slave owner. And the fact that this man, this Roman soldier was selfless. He could have just asked Jesus for something for himself, but no, he asked Jesus to heal his slave 
somebody that worked for him. He felt unworthy, but Jesus said, because of your faith, we talked about faith when we've been talking about faith this whole time, because of his faith, Jesus saw that he was enough. Why? Because what is the definition of enough again? In a quantity or degree that answers a purpose or satisfies a need or desire. The Roman soldier was used to answer a purpose, to satisfy a need. His slave needs to be healed. And he sent, whew, he sent messengers, Jewish people, because he felt like I'm not worthy because I'm a Roman. But if I send some Jewish, some Jews out there to Jesus, then maybe he'll listen to them. So he was used to bring forth healing to his slave. He satisfied a need by being obedient. He didn't realize it, but he satisfied a need in that moment for healing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's continue. So again, we're talking about right now people in the Bible who didn't, didn't feel like they were enough. My last example for you is some someone that many of us probably can relate to because we've had a past. We've all had a past and we all feel like because of our past that maybe we're inadequate, maybe because of what we've done. Maybe we were an alcoholic. Maybe we, we were a whoremonger or prostitute. Maybe, you know, we were a drug, ex, drug, drug addict and keyword X. Maybe we were an ex-thief. Maybe we were an ex-con, keyword X. And we feel like because of our past that we will never be able to be used for, for God's purpose. That we feel like it's enough that God even forgave us of our sins. And that the fact that we are even saved is enough. But no, God wants to use us. God will use our weaknesses. God will use our past. God will use our imperfections and use it as a platform to share our testimony of how God turned our lives around. So don't be ashamed of where God is taking you from. And this example is the Samaritan woman. She experienced rejection due to her past. So let's go to uh, John chapter four. John chapter four, verse seven through 20 in the Amplified Version. The title says the Samaritan woman. Then a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Where his disciples had gone off into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman asked him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? And this lets you know, and this verse says, for Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. So just giving you a background that Samaritans were looked down upon by Jews. So the fact that even as a woman, she was not only a Samaritan, but she was a woman, which is a double whammy because the Jews didn't really respect women, period. So the fact that she's Samaritan and a woman, it's like, wow, who, who is she? She felt inadequate. She felt like she wasn't enough and not even worthy to be in a Jew, Jewish man's presence. She didn't know who Jesus was in that moment. But the fact that she's like, you're asking me for a drink? 
So in verse 10, it says, Jesus answered her, if you knew about God's gift of eternal life and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead, and he would have given you living water, eternal life. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with no bucket and rope, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that? Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and who used to drink from it, drink from it himself, and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her, "Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water." satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. My God. Verse 15 says, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty nor have to continually come all the way here to draw. At this, Jesus said, go, call your husband and come back. Hmm, listen to this. Verse 17 says, the woman answered, I do not have a husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands and the man you are now living with is not your husband. You have said this truthfully. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place where you ought to worship is in Jerusalem at the temple. Jesus replied, woman, believe me, a time is coming when God's kingdom comes, when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you worship. We Jews do know, do know what we worship for salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit from the heart, the inner self and in truth. For the father seeks such people to work to be his worshipers. God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. Who He who is called Christ the anointed. Pause. She still doesn't realize that this is Jesus talking to her. She just looks at him as a prophet. It shows you how blinded, spiritually blinded she was because she was not yet a believer. Verse 25 again says, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah, that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, the anointed. When that one comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he, the Messiah. Whoo, my God. Verse 20 says, just then his disciples came and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. However, no one said, what are you asking about? Or why are you talking to her? Then a woman left her water jar and went into the city and began telling the people, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed? So the people left the city and were coming to him. My God. What was the purpose that this Samaritan woman was fulfilling? Going back to verse 30, I mean 29. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this revelation. It says more verse 28 says, Then the woman left her water, water jar and went into the city and began telling the people, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed? God used this Samaritan woman. 
the one that was rejected, the one that nobody wanted to be around, the one that people shunned, the one that people looked down upon because of her past, because she had five husbands and even the one that she was with is not her husband, was not her husband because that's past tense. God used her to share the gospel, to share the good news, which is what the gospel means, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to let them know that the Messiah is here. The one that we have been looking for, the one that we have been waiting for to answer all of our prayers, to answer all of the questions that we have. The Messiah is here. He answered me. He came to me. He asked me for a drink. He asked me for a drink. One, a Samaritan woman who was looked down upon the Jews. The Messiah, the anointed, he came to me. Someone who has been rejected, but yet he saw that I am enough. Oh, Jesus. He says that I am enough. My God. This is what God wants you to know tonight. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. It doesn't matter what you even did five minutes ago. God sees you as enough. God sees you as enough. Paul, one of the greatest apostles, one of the ones that led so many to Christ, he was an ex-murderer. But God still turned his life around and said that he was enough. That when everybody else, when the world is looking down their nose at you because you don't make a certain amount of money, because you don't look the part, because maybe you are dark skin or maybe you are light skin or maybe, you know, you come from a certain neighborhood and maybe you're lower class or middle class or whatever it is. Maybe you don't have enough education or maybe you're like Moses and maybe you can't speak eloquently enough and maybe you can't read. But God says you are enough. You are enough. God doesn't want to hear our excuses. God wants to hear yes. Why? Because God said we are enough. And when God says we are enough, then we have to believe, have faith because he's our creator. God created us to be beautifully and wonderfully made for people. Four people, Moses, Moses who, my God, powerful man and God who led the people out of Egypt, was afraid, could not speak, but God used him. He said he was enough. Jeremiah, too young, felt like he was too young to be a prophet, but God used him to be his mouthpiece, to speak to nation, to bring forth correction. Centurion, a Roman soldier who was not Jewish, but God used him so that one of his slaves can be healed. A Samaritan woman who was rejected by many because of her past. God used her to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let them know and to confirm that yet huh, the Messiah was there. The one that they were waiting for, he had come. And God will use you. So before I close, things that we need to remember. Things to remember when you feel like you're not enough. 
Number one, God said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16 in the NIV version, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This is David talking. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the dust of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God declared and decreed that we were fearfully and wonderfully made even before we were formed into our mother's womb. Everything about us. The hairs on our head, the way we look, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we smell, everything about us, the way we carry ourselves, our character, our personality, fearfully and wonderfully made. Remind yourself when you are feeling like you're not enough, say, God said that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Number two. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. I know that's a scripture, one of the first scriptures that if you are saved, that you probably learned. And sometimes we say it as a cliche, but if we truly understand what this means, that we can do all things through Christ, not in our own strength, but in his strength, in Christ's strength, the one who saved us, we can do all things. We can do all things, not some, not a little bit, but we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Let's go to Philippians chapter four, verse 11 through 13, the Amplifier version. This is Paul speaking. It says, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Oh my God. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. I can do all things which he has called me to do, talking about our purpose, thank you, Holy Spirit, through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose, because we're talking about the purpose that God wants us to fulfill, not something that we came up with, not something that we um, have put on our list, God's purpose. Again, it says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose, I am, there you go, that I am, I am self-sufficient. You see, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You see how even in the word of God, this is Paul talking back then in the past. But again, when we, remember when we say I am, we're talking about our present self. So even though this is Paul speaking, it's still relevant to now because I am is talking about present tense. It says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And then it says, I am ready 
Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. My God, my God, my God. I am self-sufficient in Christ's efficiency. I am ready. This is the amplified version. It breaks it down so powerfully. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. My God. Yes, Melissa, one of my favorites too. Hallelujah. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All things. Number three, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Imagine that. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10 in the NIV version says, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Paul also talking here. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, whew, I then I am strong. You see how he's turning something and saying the negative? For when I am weak, so in moments where you are weak, you are strong. Why? Because God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You see how this scripture goes hand in hand with Philippians 4.13? God already let us know that, um, that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Why? Because our strength is made perfect in his weakness. How powerful is that? And what I love about Paul, going back to it, is that he said, he said, my, after he said, uh, after God says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Paul's response. He said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So even though you have weaknesses, even though you have a past like the Samaritan woman, even though you might have a speech impediment like Moses, even though you feel like you're unworthy like a centurion, even though you feel like you're too young or who is going to listen to me like Jeremiah, those are our weaknesses. However, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So be like Paul. We need to be like Paul and boast about our weaknesses. Why? Because we are imperfectly perfect people. We are perfected through Christ. God will use our imperfections to make a platform for us so that we can share that without God, we are nothing. Without Jesus, we are nothing. But with him, we can do all things. 
Why? Because he strengthens us. Because he strengthens us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is so good. Hallelujah. He strengthens us. I know that's right, Courtney. He strengthens us. Lastly, number four, we need to remember that we are God's masterpiece. Everything about you, everything about you, you're God's masterpiece. We think about art. God had a blank canvas and he drew, ooh, Rabaya, he created you on this blank canvas. And you said, he said to you, that's my masterpiece. To be a masterpiece, ooh, Saraba, means that you are of importance. You are of great stature that, you know, if you were to be in an art gallery, that you would be worth, that you will be worth money millions billions of money that because you're the masterpiece it will even be hard to even determine your worth because that's how beautiful you are that's how precious that's how rare you are god's masterpiece we are rare that even twins thinking about twins that even though they may be identical that there are still there are still things that are different about them. Their personality, <coughs> excuse me, their personality is different. The numbers on their hair, on their head, will be different. The way they think is different. Even the way they carry themselves, they might have similarities, but they still have differences. Why? Because God has made every single person to be unique. We are God's masterpiece. We are enough. We all have a purpose. We all have a purpose to fulfill. We all are meeting a need. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10 in the Amplified Version, it says, For it is by grace, <clears throat> God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing to you, drawing you to Christ, excuse me, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Salvation is not deserved. It's God's undeserved, gracious gift of God. Continuing, it says, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths, which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life, listen to this, which he prearranged and made ready for us. God prearranged our lives. He already looked at us even before we were formed into our mother's womb and said, that's my masterpiece. I created them for a purpose that only they can fulfill. <laughs> that only they can fulfill the way I have created them to be. 
Yeah, there are moments where people are not obedient and God chooses to use somebody else, but they still won't be able to do it like you will be able to do it. God created you for a purpose. So we need to remember again that God said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. That God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And lastly, that we are God's masterpiece. Know that you are not by yourself. Know that it have been men and women of God. And those were just four people that I used tonight. But there are so many more in the word of God that felt like they were not enough. That felt like they were inadequate. They felt like they were not worthy to be used by God. You are not alone in this. I too have been there. And sometimes it's still a struggle. I'm like, God, why me? What is it about me that you choose to use? And there are moments where God has to put me in place. To let me know, don't question. Don't question me. You are enough. And God reassures us throughout his word that we are enough. Doesn't matter about your past. Doesn't matter about what naturally be made, be unable to do. God is a healer. God is powerful all by himself. If God shows you, he thought about it all. And he has the plan for you. We just got to be obedient and say, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. Let your will be done, not my will, God. Let your will be done. God, I pray that everybody was encouraged tonight, that everybody was uplifted. Again, type it in the chat, y'all. Say, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Don't let this night go away without you actually believing. You're confessing it, but I want you to actually believe that you're enough. Yes, I am enough. We are enough. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's so much work. Yes, Keto, you are enough. Yes, Courtney, I am enough. Melissa, I am enough. To God be the glory. And if you need to put that on your wall, put it on a post-it note, put it on your mirror, whatever you need to do, put a reminder in your phone that it will come, it will pop up on your phone every single day to remind you that you are enough. It's important that we are aware of that because we have so much work to do. And we cannot afford to allow the enemy to trip us up in our mind to convince us that we are not enough to fulfill God's purpose. So I pray that you, again, that you were encouraged and uplifted tonight, that this will stick with you. And that the more affirmations that we do, that you would continue to add that to your list so you can declare and decree and that you can be delivered and receive your breakthrough. So before I go, I do want to make sure that I offer the gift of salvation for those of you that don't know Jesus. If you were watching this podcast and you're like, what are they talking about? And I am enough. And you just feel like, like you need more of this, that you need more reassurance. 
and that you're coming into understanding of who you are and you want a better understanding of who God is. The way to even have a connection with God is the first and foremost, you have to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, on this earth to die on the cross for our sins. Because we are, we are a people that are filled with sin. But Jesus paid the price. He sacrificed his life for you and me. A wretched people. That's love. God's unconditional love. He's thought of you as being enough. They say, you know what? I'm going to send my son because I don't want them to go to hell. I want to give them the opportunity to accept my son into their life as their personal Lord and Savior. So they can have the opportunity to have eternal life when this life here is over to be seated in heavenly places with me the creator, the heavenly father. If you want to make that commitment right now, I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. It's free. And all you have to do is repeat after me. With your arms, hands up, raise. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner and I have fell short of your grace. But Jesus, I know now that I need you in my life as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross just for me, for my sins. And I believe that you are the Lord and Savior, that you are the Christ, that you are the Redeemer. So, Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you be my Lord. And I'm confessing it out of my mouth that I will serve you for the rest of my life. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whole, and I will forever serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. You are now a, a, um, a new creature. You are now a part of the family of God. Heaven is rejoicing for your soul right now. Guess what? All of those things are that are part of your past are behind you. Behold, there are all things new before you. God has forgiven you. And that was time to forgive yourself. It's so much more in store. I'm so excited for your future. The fact that you made this commitment is the first step to what God has more in store for you. This is the first step of part of your freedom. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. One last call. For those of you that once had a relationship with Jesus at, at some point, but maybe life just hit you and you could have been like the Samaritan woman and you just didn't care. You just did whatever felt good to you because it's the thing. Sin, if it wasn't, if it was not pleasurable, we wouldn't commit it. But now you realize that having this life without Jesus is not, is not what it's all cracked up to be. And as you thought that having a life without him was going to be better, but you realize that you need Jesus back in your life. You hear him calling you and you're ready to come home. 
whatever mistake she made, Jesus is saying, come home. If you repent right now, you will be forgiven of your sins. So I encourage you to not take another moment or take another minute, let another minute go by, excuse me, without rededicating your life and reassuring that you will have eternal life after this life here on earth is over. So say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for turning my back on you. I allowed myself to get from under your grace. And I realized, Jesus, I need you back in my life. I thought that I can live this life alone, but life without you means nothing. But with you in my life, I can do all things. So, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. Accept me back under the grace of your, under your grace, oh God. I surrender to you for real this time. And I'm not turning back. I'm moving ahead. I thank you, Jesus. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. You are forgiven. Welcome back into the family of God. It's so much more work to do. And trust me, God is turning some things around in your life. And the fact that you took this first step of commitment, watch what God would do through you. Through your testimony, I believe it, declare and decree it, that through your testimony, God will use you to be a blessing to others, to show them that if God did it for me, then God would do it for you too. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. All right, guys, I pray that, again, everybody was encouraged and uplifted. I do want to make sure that you know how to keep up with our platform. If you want to follow us on Facebook, follow us at I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook. On Instagram, we are available, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And then we are available on all streaming platforms for podcasts. That is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We are available. Um, it will be available to you tomorrow if you want to listen to tonight's podcast. But all the rest of the podcasts are available to for you to listen to now. So I pray that, again, that you are encouraged. Continue to follow us. Keep up with everything that we have going on. If you need prayer, make sure you inbox me. If you need encouraging encouragement, make sure you inbox me on either platforms. And if you need help finding a church home, please do not hesitate to reach out to me as well. Because having a good shepherd to help lead you and make sure that you have great guidance to make sure that your Christian walk is in order is important. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.